It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and joining me today, as he does every Friday for this Ferg Friday, Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. How are you, my friend? I'm doing re- I'm doing really, really well. Um, Braves are world champions. I love saying that. That's I love right. thinking about that. So uh, I'm going to say it as much as as much as I can. Uh, it's not going to get old anytime soon, especially for Atlanta folks. I think that one's going to last for a long, long time. Oh, man. I mean, it, you know, it's rare that I get to just be a fan. I talked about it a little while back with when I went to game two of the NLCS. But like, I mean, the next morning, I, I feel like I know I, I, I feel closer to like what Auburn fans feel like, because the day after the World Series win, I was I woke up and I was sitting in my bed and I was just replaying the home runs from that game mm-hmm. and the, and finding the calls and doing all that stuff again. It's like, man, it's it's fun. It's fun to be a fan and I don't get to do it a ton. And uh, I, I, I had a lot of fun doing it this week and a lot of fun doing it this postseason. Where does it relate? I know, I know you're a big Golden State guy. Where does it relate with, mm-hmm. that, with, with those championships? Honestly, more because this is more of a shared experience, right? Um, I, I tweeted about it the other day. I am a fourth generation Braves fan. My great grandfather, uh, mm. some of my earliest memories of him was watching the Braves with him and like, you know, talking about the Braves with him. He passed it on to his son, who passed it on to his son, who right. was my dad. And then on the other side of my family, my, my mother was born in Atlanta and I was born in Atlanta too. Um, but that side of the family is from Atlanta. And so grew up going to Braves games. And so it's like, I've got multiple generations of the family, like all invested in this. I'm a Warriors fan because I love watching Steph Curry and, and I, and I have since he was at Davidson. And so uh, celebrate, that was cool. And like, it was more of an online thing though. And, I get and, it. and parts of this was, but you know, I watched game six of the world series in the backyard of my parents' house uh, with my brother and, and uh, two of my sisters and my parents. And uh, it was, it was really, really cool. And uh, you know, my brother, uh, lives lives out of the country, the one that's closest to me in age. And so we were FaceTiming him because he stayed up, him and his wife stayed up to watch the game. And that was really, really cool. So it ranks up there. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I've really felt that since, honestly, since 2010 uh, when Auburn won the national title and I was a, I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of the last time I think it was just like this big, you know, f- family kind of experience or like very big collective experience of celebrating a championship. Yeah, yeah, and you had the feeling something special was happening with this team, like you did with 2010. I think we all kind of knew a few oh, yeah. weeks into it. It's like, this isn't normal. This doesn't feel um, feel like it's supposed to. And so, yeah, no, congrats to you and um, all the other Braves fans out there listening. It's a um, pretty cool thing, pretty cool thing. Auburn takes on Texas A&M tomorrow, a very important matchup. It seems like the more Auburn wins, the more each of these games gets more and more important because, I mean, even if they win tomorrow, the game against Mississippi State is going to be very important, especially if State is able to beat Arkansas. So just kind of, uh, you know, uh, the murderous row of ranked opponent after ranked opponent. But depending on the day that I talk about this game, Ferg, one day I feel really confident that Auburn go to College Station and win, 
Then other days I look at the offensive defensive line of the Aggies and I'm like, mm, that's a pretty big mismatch. You know, can they overcome that? But yeah, your general thoughts about this matchup. Yeah, I mean, this is a game where I think, you know, I, I said it Arkansas and I said it Ole Miss. I said if Auburn plays a clean game, they're more talented than these teams are. They can win and, and win convincingly. They did both times, winning by double digits. This game is much more even. Yeah. And I like how Auburn is playing football better right now than I like AM. But AM's coming off an off week. AM's at home. Um, those things, they still have everything to play for them from. They need a little bit more help than Auburn does. Obviously, Auburn couldn't went out and go to Atlanta, AM's gonna need a little help. But yeah, this is a big this is a big moment for them as well. And, and I think the thing that gets me is that, you know, AM probably has the better defense on the whole and they're playing at home, which is a big deal. Auburn's got the better quarterback in this game. And I, I, I'd say to say this, when was the last time Auburn had a game against a, a top 15, like a good ranked team away from home, and you go into that match and say, Auburn's got the quarterback edge. Mm-hmm. And that that speaks to how well Bo Nix is playing recently. That speaks to um, you know how well this offense is starting to click. And so it's going to be one of those things where it's like, can the quarterback difference make the difference in this one? Um, because I think both these teams want to run the ball, and they're both really good at stopping the run, and they're right. both pretty strong defenses as a whole. But I like Auburn's quarterback more than I like AM's quarterback. And it's like, is that enough to overcome the fact that this is a team that's a little bit more talented than you overall, and they're playing at home, and they're playing coming off of an off week? So, it, I mean, it's right down the middle. I think the line is exactly where it needs to be because it's like, yeah, it's about home field advantage, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I want to hear your thoughts, though, about the trenches here. I mean, what do you think about. Auburn's ability to rush the passer in this situation because I think AM's offensive line is really, really good. Yeah, they're good. They, they they start a lot of young guys too. That's yeah. the other thing. It's like this is a unit that can be good, you know, for a while. Um, you know, Auburn, I, I think Auburn has done a good job of getting after the quarterback the last few weeks. Now, you know, I think it's kind of gotten to a point where it's like if Auburn's not sacking a dude or getting hit a hit on every play, it's like, oh, they're not pressuring the quarterbacks. No, yeah. they're doing a really good job. I think of getting after it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, that is a thing where whatever it is for Calzada, like again, Calzada played and Zach Calzada played an amazing game against, uh, against uh, t- uh, Alabama. Right. And he's capable of playing an amazing game. Obviously we know that, but look at the last two weeks since that game. A little above 50% completion um, against Missouri and South Carolina. He has got to be one of those guys where it's like, if Auburn can say, hey, we can slow down your running game enough where he's going to have to win it for you, I I like Auburn's chances, but they're going to have to get after him. Even still, though, even behind that offensive line, this is not a quarterback who has done a great job throwing the ball effectively and efficiently this year. He had an amazing game against Alabama, so that means he's capable of turning it on. Anybody can say that, but like, the rest of his numbers this season leave a lot to be desired. I want to know what kind of quarterback he actually is in a big game environment like this. Yeah, and I think Alabama is the exception to the rule of who they are. But, I mean, a lot went A&M's way in that game. And I'm not taking yeah. anything away from it. They they had an outstanding game plan, and they executed. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, but, but two red zone turnovers for Alabama, two special teams touchdowns for A&M, like that's... I mean, you should win. You should win when that stuff happens. You know what I mean? And, like, right. is that going to happen again this season? Like, probably not. Yeah. And, and, like, last year, go back to A&M last season when they beat Auburn. Kellen Mond had a really good game. But, I mean, look at the, they pull away in the second half because they could run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
the the two headed monster they have in that backfield, and also the fact that they like to get a nice Smith a ball in space, like those are real deal weapons. And so, like it, it, you know, Calzada might not be an amazing quarterback, but he has really good weapons around him and a good offensive line for him. So this is a real test for Auburn's defense. I like the way Auburn's defense is playing. You can't come out of that old Miss game and say, okay, you only gave up twenty points, um, and be anywhere near disappointed in that. It's a bend don't break, and like that's kind of modern football right now, and, yeah. and and getting stops and that. And A&M's done a good job of doing that as well. So that's what makes it a really interesting matchup. Is that I think the offense that can be the more you know have the more sustained drives and run the ball well is going to be the one that wins the game. But it's easier said than done. And I I, I just I like where Nick's at, Nick's is at right now. Uh, compared compared to uh, his counterpart at A&M. The you know, I'm not huge on the whole transit of property thing where like, okay, right. Auburn held Ole Miss to 20 points, but there is value in that. Oh, and it's for like, sure. you know, Ole Miss's offense, I don't care how banged up they were, is so much better than A&M's offense. Yes. And it's the fact, but you know, Ole Miss was on the road, A&M's going to be at home, A&M had a mm-hmm. bye week last week, but still like, I'm just not sold they're going to score way more than, than 20 points tomorrow. I, I think there's a real chance, you know, these last few games were over been 30s, 20s kind of games. For a real chance, the winner of this game, I only scored 24 or 28. Yeah. And like, it could be either Auburn or, or A&M. Like, I, like yeah. I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not even coming close to think, thinking, you know, I think early in the week when Auburn opened as like a four and a half point dog or something like that, I was like, yeah, I probably would take Auburn in that scenario. But sure. like, this is going to be another you know, kind of rough and tough four-quarter game. It's going to look like a classic SEC West matchup, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny because A&M is not a classic SEC West team. And games between Auburn and A&M have not been these kind of games. You know, uh, I mean, you go back to the the, the first one, the, or the first two, really, um, kind of more shootout type of games. Uh, first three, I should say. You know, so Well, the first one was like 63 to nothing, right? Right, it was yeah, 63-21, 65-21, something like that. And then the next year, oh, okay. Auburn wins. I forgot that we scored in that game. <laughs> they scored in that game. It wasn't. It wasn't the Georgia game. I don't. If I don't remember. Oh gosh. Remember. And uh, but the next year, high four. You know, forty points shootout. The next year, high scoring game. You know, in, in fourteen. This one, I think, is like these are two teams that want to control the ball and run it and play off of that running game, and then play really good defense with it, good complementary football. And um, it's just going to be a matter of who does a better job of that uh, on Saturday. And I think the thing about it is, is you can look at Auburn, uh, make a case for Auburn this season being the more consistent in that in that regard. A&M's had the higher peak. They've beaten Alabama, but they've also had the lower valleys in the fact that they lost to State and they lost to Arkansas. Right. And they only scored 10 against Colorado. Right. Right. It's a Ferg Friday. Justin Ferguson, our guest on today's show. Today's show brought to you by our friends at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's also a place where friends and family can gather and reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing that they will have dependable Wi-Fi regardless of which McDonald's location that they go to. And, of course, endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries, or you can go in the morning. I know I saw a lot of people in YouTube comments earlier this week talking about how much they love McDonald's breakfast. They've uh, they've got it going on all the time. So uh, once again, this show brought to you by McDonald's. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. 
Also, attention uh, to uh, business owners and high-income professionals. If you've uh, considered funding a 401k or an IRA, you are potentially creating a massive tax burden on your future self when you retire. Uh, it just postpones and uh, it postpones the tax and postpones tax calculation. Um, so, Ethan Dahl, the owner of Innovative Financial Solutions, would love to take a few minutes to talk with you about your um, your your uh, financial planning. Ethan's the best in the business when it comes to this, and he really understands the tax code and uh, how you can keep your money when you retire. You can contact Ethan at 251-243-6038 or email Ethan, ethan at ethandahl.com. Ethan Dahl, your alternative to traditional financial planning. I just realized I put the wrong name up there on the YouTube video. My apologies. It's a Ferg Friday here. Tell folks what's going on at the Auburn Observer this week. Yeah, busy week at the Observer. Uh, film room on Monday was on the amount of two and three tight end personnel Auburn used against Ole Miss and kind of hammered them. We're interested to see if they'll do the same against AM this week. Uh, did a story on Auburn's run defense and why that is going to be why they're so good. And right. number two, how, why that is going to be so critical this weekend against AM. Did a story I know on uh, you know this podcast would be well received did a story on Wednesday on Zep Jasper yes um, and why I am big on uh, his upside for this season and how critical he's going to be for the Tigers uh, podcast came up on Thursday we previewed uh, the Auburn exhibition game and we also previewed Auburn Texas A&M with our friend Max Olson from The Athletic uh, and uh, over the weekend we're going to have coverage of Auburn A&M because I'll be when you by the time you're listening to this I'll be headed to Texas and, uh, you know, we'll be back on Sunday for the recap podcast and look ahead to the start of college basketball season. Yeah, it's definitely the place to go. AuburnObserver.com. Look forward to your emails every single morning. Comes right to your phone. It's awesome. It's great. And now that it's basketball season, basketball's right around the corner. You're going to have all that covered, too. So that'll be awesome. AuburnObserver.com. Yeah, we were talking about some of the, the previous matchups with this Auburn and Texas A&M uh, series. And I was going through the 2015 game because I was just looking at all yeah. the games that were at College Station. I forgot that Kyler Murray was there. I, I just forgot yep. that like Auburn totally owned that dude. Um, mm-hmm. in, in that and, game. And, and Jeremy Johnson had his comeback game that game. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. Jeremy Johnson outplayed Kyler Murray in 2015. Like what? What in the weird world si- was that? It's a weird series, and it's been a weird series in 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 the fact that I think last year was the first time the uh, or I'm sorry, two years ago was the first time the home team won a game in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those uh, situations where uh, it, it, it's a weird matchup. And A and M is one of the few teams like they're not Georgia, and they're not Alabama in terms mm-hmm. of talent. But they're kind of in that LSU Florida range of they're going to be slightly above you, but not too far ahead of you where it's like, oh, this is this, this massive talent gap. Yeah. And uh, they're kind of like LSU in that feels like they're always have been just kind of a little bit off. And of course, AM or LSU figured it out two years ago. AM, you know, still trying to get over that hump. And they came so close to doing it last season and they were just really boring in the process, too. So. I'm, I'm interested to see, is AM going to finally get that quarterback that's going to get him over the hump? Because I don't think any of the guys they've got right now are it. So, we'll see. I, I'm right there with you. But it, it seems like of all the years where they've had a ton of talent and they just haven't been able to put it, pull it together except for last year, and it was just kind of a, a waste. Cause and they, they lost, lost the game that mattered. They lost the most important right. one. That's exactly right. Yeah, and didn't even come close in that game either. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So the whole bow on the road thing, that's dead, right? Like, we're expecting him to be a pretty solid quarterback Saturday. He was pretty solid against Penn State. Um, yeah. And, and, of course, the win against LSU, where he had to do pretty much everything to make that happen. And then uh, probably the best game of his career, I Arkansas. think, against a quality opponent against Arkansas. Yeah, I'm expecting him to play well. I mean, like, A&M's got a really good defense. I don't – I last week against Ole Miss, it looked easy. Like, Auburn was not doing anything, like, very funky or creative through the passing game. It was just dudes were getting open, and he was hitting them. And, mm-hmm. like, A&M – Mike Elko is too good of a defensive coordinator to let that happen regularly uh, against against this team. Um, you know, he's no DJ Durkin uh, because DJ Durkin is not only a bad defense coordinator, but a bad person. Um, and you've got you, – you, you've got a defense here that is going to make things tougher. I think they're tougher than Arkansas. I think they're tougher than Penn state. Definitely tougher than LSU in certain regards. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's like, all right, Bo, you have played really, really well these last few weeks. You're coming off the best month of your career. All right. Now you got to do it against a team that is, this is probably going to be the best defensive test you face all season besides Alabama in just terms of pure talent. Right. Yeah. So how do you think they do that? How do you think they get these wide receivers open for Bo Nix to be able to find them? Yeah, I mean, there's been some games this year where uh, A&M's kind of struggled a little bit with the running game. I think they're going to want to play off of that. Uh, There's been some games where teams have averaged like four or five yards. Gary Bama even did it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I expect Auburn to try to, you know, run some play action stuff. Make AM respect, you know, when you do one, two, three tight end sets, like make AM respect that you have the threat to run the ball. But then we've seen that Auburn can be explosive in some in some traditionally non-explosive sets. And I think that's kind of the beauty of this Auburn offense is that this season they get into some sets and some situations where you're like, well, they're obviously running the ball. And it's like, oh nope, here's a 35 yard gain. Right. Right, right over your head. Um and I think that's the way to play a really good defense like this is that, you know, you got to keep them guessing. You have to keep them guessing, you know, and the opposite is true as well. Like not only can you throw the ball downfield when you're in these tight sets, but when you do spread them out and you tr- do try to get some things isolated, run the ball right at them, kind of hammer it away. Let Bo Nix use his legs. He did a great job of that these last two weeks. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think it's just for Auburn. It's just keep doing what you're doing on offense um, because it's working. Um, but this is just going to be kind of the ultimate test. You have been able to keep Ole Miss and Arkansas off balance with the way you've been playing offense. You got to do the same thing with AM. You got to have a few more wrinkles and tricks up your sleeve, I think. But, um, you know, part of the Harson and Bobo offense and part of the hires in general is be consistently great. And in this game, I think it's just find the game plan that works well for you and make sure that team on the other side of the ball, even if they're a little bit more talented than you, doesn't know what's coming. And that's, I think that's going to be key in this matchup. I think it's, this is going to be a very good, I think, coaching strategic kind of game plan, head to head matchup. Like the, the, what the best coach team and the best executed game plan is going to win this one. Uh, right. Cause I think these two teams are very, very even. As far as assuming no one gets hurt, as far as rotation and personnel, do you think this is kind of who we're going to see for the rest of the season? Or do you think there's any chance that there could be, Somebody else emerge, one of the younger receivers, possibly, or maybe some of the younger defenders, maybe crack the rotation a little bit more. Or do you think this is it? This is probably it. I think they figured out, and, and the two wins, you know, speak for themselves. Right. Um, you know, I think they figured out that they can 
here's the one thing I, I found interesting is you know Bo's throwing passes to eleven guy through passes to eleven guys against Arkansas and ten against Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Right, there were games where he would throw like three or four you know, in the past. And so, like, even if a guy like Xavion Capers or a guy like Elijah Canyon uh, isn't getting a high volume of target, they're getting out there on the field. They're getting opportunities. Right. It just might be a little bit more diminished. I think you're seeing the pecking order established. But when when you see guys like Landon King on the field and when you see guys like, uh, you know, Sean Shivers play a role even though he's the number three running back, like, I think you – know, I think they have clearly defined roles, and this is who it's going to be moving forward on offense, but that is also a big tent. That is a very, very big tent. You're using pretty much all your tight ends. You're giving pretty much all your receivers uh, who have played this season some options, and you're using all three of your running backs. Defensively, um, if everybody's healthy, I think that that might shrink a little bit, might tighten up a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but we're seeing in certain spots they're not afraid to rotate and move guys around and, uh, and, and, and just trying to find competition. Um, and I think that's big at the line of scrimmage because one of the more impressive things this season for Auburn is both on the offensive line and the defensive line. They played really well these last few weeks, and they are they have. constantly rotating up, uh, up there, um, you mm-hmm. know, up front. No, they, they've looked good. And you mentioned injuries and stuff. Owen oh, Papo's return is crazy how much of an impact Ooh. he has. I mean, just yeah. the spark that he brings all the guys around him. He is incredible. He is so yeah. good. He's really, really good. He's your most athletic linebacker. He's one of your most athletic players, period. Mm -hmm. He's going to give you an opportunity. He said it earlier this week. There's going to be some chances where because of the personnel, A&M's going to, they're going to run some true three linebacker sets out there. And the way Wooten has played this season, the way Zacoby's playing, period, and and having Owen back out there. I mean, that is a real deal weapon for your offense. You've got Colby Wooden playing some of the best ball of his career. You know, I think – the edge rushers are really starting to um, get used to used to things, and and the defensive backs, the defensive backs are you know are having less blow ups and less you know breakdowns in the back end. Um, I think one of the biggest things they did last week against Ole Miss was that Ole Miss didn't have a play of over twenty yards until the second half, and then in the second half they had two kind of right in a row, and then right. they then Auburn stopped them. So I mean. They're doing a good job of keeping everything in front of them. That's the type of defense you're trying to play. It's very much an NFL-like defense. We talk about Auburn having an NFL-like offense in terms of, you know, scheme, execution, kind of all the different variety there. You know, I think you're seeing Derek Mason do the same thing on that, where it's like, we know you're not going to dominate. We're not going to dominate you. It's very, very hard to dominate anybody. Not everybody can be Georgia. Sure. Uh, But what we can do is we can keep everything in front of you and frustrate you to the point where if we're at our best on third downs and we're at our best in the red zone, uh, we can win a lot of football games with that formula. And that's that's the type of team, uh, that's the type of defense that that lasts a lot longer. If you can't beat Georgia or you can't beat Peak Alabama, do this. It, it, works, it works really well in college football. No, you're right. And, and I love the focus on limiting points not really caring about the yards. That's a big part of it. Today's show brought to you by betonline.ag. It's the it's the best place on the internet to place your sports wagers, and you can do that by heading over to betonline.ag. On your laptop, your desktop, your mobile device, they've got you covered across the board. And when you make your first deposit at betonline, use promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. betonline.ag where the game starts. Today's show also brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It looks and tastes like a candy bar covered 100% in pure, beautiful, delicious chocolate. All the bars are delicious. They've got a flavor for everyone. Check them all out at Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Com. Justin Ferguson, our guest. So when you, when you put out a tweet for mailbag questions earlier um, mm-hmm. today, somebody asked you about the um, prize picks, which is a partner that we have here on the show. Um, yep. it, it's just a daily fantasy type thing, but mm-hmm. um, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Let's do it. Um, the number that prize picks has Saturday for Bo Nix is 219 and a half passing yards. Over. That's what I'm thinking too. I, I, I'm not even hesitating for that. Yeah, over, over. I think Auburn would love to win the game without Bo hitting that number, but also, mm-hmm. you know, you're now coming to expect Bo to have 230, 240, 250, all the way up to 270 or 280 kind of games right now. And looking at AM's defense this season, it's not, they're good, but like, you know, the way Bo is completing passes that you can get to 230, you know, you know, completing 15, 20 something passes or, you know, the, in this game. So I think that's definitely yeah. the kind of balance that, that they're going to want to have. They have Zach Calzone at 184 and a half. That one's tougher for me. I think I'm doing over, but I'm not confident about it at all. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it, there's a scenario where Auburn holds him to under, under that. And it's, they win in that situation, don't they? They definitely win in that situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, again, my big thing this week has been is a and and I think Calzada in general um, is are, are these the guys that beat Alabama, or are these the guys that pl- scored ten points against Arkansas and Colorado, a very bad mm-hmm. Colorado team? Right. I, these last two weeks they played, you know, before the bye week they played Missouri and South Carolina. They ran all over them. Calzada didn't play re- really well, but you know, efficiency wise, but it didn't really matter. Um, so it's like. <laughs> It's like I think the truth is somewhere towards the middle, mm-hmm. but I also know that Auburn's doing a pretty good job right now. I mean, they they gave Matt Corral, you know, I don't know if you guys realize this, that was Matt Corral. That was the first game of Matt Corral's starting career at Ole Miss when he did not have a touchdown pass. And I know he was he was injured for a little while in that one as well. But like his arm seemed that, fine. His arm, his I mean, arm, he, he was making his some arms fine. His arm was fine. Yeah, his uh, you know. It, They've done a really good job of limiting guys really since uh, the Penn State game. As it's done a really good job of limiting mm-hmm. really good offensive players to lower tier performances than they're used to. Right. Um, for running or for rushing yards, let's see. They've got Tank Bixby at 83 and a half. Ooh, over. Yeah, over. I think, but I think, I think I'm taking under on this one. You're thinking under on this one? Like, we'll mm-hmm. see. I mean, like. I see Auburn being able to bust a couple on him, like, but I feel like this is a game where Tank gets twenty or twenty-five carries, and at that point, it's like if you average around four, you'll hit it. You know, maybe a little, maybe a little less. That's true. Um, I just, I, I'm, I'm interested to see that that A and M front is really, really good. Uh, but I think, man, Tank just looked like Tank looked back to his old self last week, and and it was yeah. interesting. You know, this is not a this I. I don't want to say this and I don't want to say this and it sound like sound like shade toward the other player I'm talking about here because it's definitely not. But I think we did see in the game against Ole Miss why, you know, Tank is still the number one guy and Jarquez. Like Jarquez, Jarquez Hunter, one, he's a freshman. He's 18. For, for crying, yeah. Yeah, for crying out loud. But number two, I think Tank's got a little bit better tackle breaking ability, whereas Jarquez has a little bit more down, you know, big play mm, ability. Right. So you need a little bit better blocking um to you know maybe a bigger bigger holes for him to kind of hit the jets for the home tank run stuff kinda, yeah yeah tank can kind of you know do more for you uh breaking tackles and i think that's key in a game like this against a&m um they've got bo nicks at 23 and a half rushing i'm slamming the over on that one 
Yeah, I don't want to. I feel weird because it's like this is like become weirdly positive for me where it's I'm like, yeah, Auburn's all over. Uh, A&M's right. all under. Um, no, I, I think. Uh, yeah, I think they, they've got to run him. They've got to run him. Play, then, uh, play 11 on a play 11 on 11 in the red zone. That then, is that was the key against Ole Miss. And I think it'll be the key again in this one. Yeah, I mean, two of those plays gets you dang close to 23. Um Spiller, Isaiah Spiller, A&M's running back, is at 84 and a half. And uh, you're, you're taking over? I think Auburn's yeah, going to be over. all in close to the line of scrimmage tomorrow. And, and I think they will, but I also think Spiller's really good. <laughs> and he's, like he's He may be the best back in the conference. And, like, that's the thing is that, you know, Auburn did a really good job of limiting Arkansas. Like, Arkansas and Ole Miss averaged a yard less than they're used to. Um, th- than their average uh, in their wins, and that was a big reason why they won. But it was still like four. Mm-hmm. You know, it was still like good running games are going to be able to get make a little headway on them. Yeah. So, and then yeah. la- last one, uh, Kobe's the only Auburn receiving target that you can okay. do for receiving yards, but they've got him at forty five and a half. And let's just take a second and talk about like Kobe Hudson is a natural wide receiver. He's been the best receiver pretty much all season for yeah. Auburn. He's the most efficient. I have been hashtag feed Kobe all season. Like I know well, he fumbled the ball and well, I know yeah, he's had fumbles. I mean, well, he's had two really like poorly timed fumbles. And I don't know if there's right. ever really a good time to, you know, fumble the football, but that could have been a really costly one at the end of the old miss game. Yeah. And Auburn did a really good job of defending right. after that. Um, the thing with Kobe, man, it's like he, he doesn't drop the ball a lot. I mean, the fumbles are one thing, but like catching the ball, he's very he's a very consistent catcher. Right. And like he's done well going deep. He's he's been really good at the intermediate balls. He can do some of the short stuff, that extension of the running game. Like 40 something is, you know, again, Auburn might have one of those games where it's like, all right, 12 people caught passes and nobody got more than, you know, 30 or 40 yards. And it didn't matter because they were spreading the wealth and it's still a good game. But like Kobe's got that upside. The only thing I kind of push back with, with Kobe uh, with the yardage is he has not been the deep ball guy. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, you know, Malcolm Johnson, Javarius Johnson, um, definitely Demetrius Robertson. Right. I wonder, maybe a game like this, is this the one where you finally see Kobe take the top off the defense? Because he's got the athleticism to do it Sure. Uh, by far. He might not have the jets as some of those other guys do, but he's still really, really good, uh, uh, you know, and, and has been – for a guy his size being that good in those intermediate balls, I think gives me a little thing. It's like, man, if they, they want to throw one up there at him deep, he could definitely do it. Yeah. Jay Ferg, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the shout out on in the uh, in the newsletter this week when you talk about Zep. Absolutely. Really appreciate that. And uh, I mean, let's talk about basketball just for a second before I let you go. Yeah. But uh, chatting with Zep and chatting with Coach Pruitt on the podcast earlier this week, I am jazz. I am excited to watch these. There's just going to be so much energy so much talent, but they're just going to be in your face, in your opponent's mm-hmm. face. I mean, as much as possible this year. It's going to be some fun, aggressive style of basketball in Auburn Arena. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got the talent that you've been wanting to have for a while. Yeah. And that is going to change. And I think one of the things is this is going to be, I think, not only the most talented team Auburn's had in a long time, but I think this is the most balanced team Bruce has had in mm-hmm. the fact that they are going to be a, like, if they want to press you and get in your grill and, you know, hound you on defense, they can, yeah. but they've got the length that if situationally that they can play more zone and they can play, they will be able to do that. They're going to be able to go inside out. They've got a, they've got a seven, one dude who can hit threes. Like that is, <laughs> that is rare. Not just at Auburn rare period. 
they'll be able to run and gun and do some of that five out stuff. The dribble drive kick out is going to be big, but like, this is also a team that when things get late in the shot clock or you just say, Hey, go get a bucket. You've got two big dudes down there that can score on, 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 you know, down low, like, you know, in the past for Bruce, he's like, he's had, you know, with Wiley and then those, the downhill attack they ran with a Coro and Dowdy and those guys, like they've had that kind of offense. Then they had the final four run where it was kind of running gun. Like they've had that. This is going to be one that kind of blends both of those. Cause like they can do the, Oh my God, Auburn's going to drop 43 pointers on your head and they're going to do it really, really fast. Right. But they can also be like, see that guy who's six ten and see that guy who's seven one. We'll get the ball to him down low. And there's very few things that you're going to be able to do to slow him down. Like, so the balance I think is going to be good. This is going to be a team that, you know, is going to be kind of matchup proof in terms of like, I'm not saying they're going to win every game, obviously, but mm-hmm. they're going to match up proof in this that like, they're going to have an answer for every question another team throws at them. And then they're going to throw a ton of questions at, at, at the, at the other team. No matter what question you have, the answer is always Zep Jasper. That's, that's my way of life moving forward. The thing with Zep, man, like if Zep's not a starter, it, you think about it, think about it this way. There is potential for this team this year to have Zep and Jalen and like a Devin Cambridge, mm-hmm. all coming off the bench. If like six, I, you're. If, I was if shocked that you're six, not having seven, Zep eight as guys, a starter. I, I was surprised by that. Yeah, and and I think it's just the the maximizing the flexibility and the value of bringing Zep in at the one or the two, and may, he might start at the two. I mean, I don't know, but like any any way you go about it, like you're talking about your eighth and ninth guys coming off the bench being dudes that were you know regular contributors either experienced stars not at the SEC level or elsewhere. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of nuts to think about. And when you start thinking about playing matchups and playing playing rotations, like they'll be able to kind of do whatever they want out there. Right. Jay Ferg, how can people sign up for the Auburn Observer? Give me all the details. Auburnobserver.com. Go there. Type in your email. You'll get an email. That email will give you a link to subscribe. Uh $60 a month or $60 a year. Once you've paid and you're in, you are in. And uh, everything we do gets sent straight to your inbox pretty much every day. It's either a newsletter or a podcast. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much, man. Talk to you next week. Be safe in Texas. All that good stuff. Thank you. We'll be back Monday to recap everything over the weekend right here on Locked on Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.